Welcome to Misty Night, a podcast exploring the doubts and concerns that arise around Christianity. I'm Nick Petkoff. I'm Andy Yetter. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, we invite you to join us on this journey as we navigate the misty nights of doubt and uncertainty. Faith isn't about your ability to muster a belief out of nothing. It's our hope that through the process of exploring doubts, asking questions, and searching, you'll build a personal faith that is tangible and reliable. So let's take another step on that journey right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Misty Night Podcast. I'm Andy Etter, and I'm joined once again with my good friend, Nick Petkoff. In our previous episode, we started to discuss the attributes of God and with the question, does God have a sense of humor as a jumping off point? There was some really great discussion, and if you haven't listened to it yet, I encourage you to go back and listen to it. But at a high level, we discovered that there's a lot for us to wrap our heads around when we start to reflect on the nature of God. In fact, God is just so big that trying to cover him in a short podcast or even a series of podcasts is ridiculous. But there's a richness that comes as we explore and reflect on the attributes of God. So we decided to kind of move forward and start making, you know, little episodes to cover different attributes of God in a little bit more detail. Uh, and despite the enormity of the, the task, let's move forward undaunted. Today, we're going to be discussing God's justice and mercy. There's some dichotomy, some contradiction, quote unquote, that people might start to see, especially when you talk about things like justice and mercy, where it's like, well, how can you be both justice and mercy at the same time? And I think there's also some common misconceptions or some distortions that we see out that kind of start to spread on the internet from people's misunderstanding of how God operates. So I actually, I have a meme that I wanted to kind of bring up to kick this whole thing off, because I think it maybe illustrates a little bit of how people misrepresent God's justice. Mm -hmm. I, I do want to kind of go justice and then mercy, because I feel like that, that, that's a good flow, because you need you need justice before you can understand what the mercy is all about. Absolutely. But the you might have seen this meme floating around. Uh, the way the meme goes, it's like a picture of like an, like an old like oil painting of Jesus like knocking on a door, and it's like knock, knock, and there's something like, who's there? Uh, and it goes, it's Jesus, let me in. And the guy's like, why? It's like, I have to save you. From what? It's like, from what I'm going to do to you if you don't let me in. <laughs> and and it's meant to be kind of like this funny, like, you know, okay, God's basically threatening to let, like, let me in or else. Mm -hmm. But I think there's also a common thing there that people, when they look at, you know, God, they say, well, I think it's a, it's a distortion where we view it as God's kind of creating this the whole crisis that he needs to save us from himself. Like, right. So why, like, what's the big deal? Like, why, why is, why, why are, yeah. That, that's exactly it. And it also almost comes across as a sort of like a fallacy almost. We tend to think that um, one trumps the other, you know, mercy and justice can't coexist when someone who has all the power to forgive, but then also to punish. And then couldn't you just get rid of all this? And it goes, and that's where we also run into the problem of it goes a million different directions. Like he's all good. Why would he do this? If he's also the judge, could he just let these things go? But then if he can, then why would he? Because he's merciful. And it's just, you <laughs> it's all kinds of great things to make punches at and jokes about. And also you already said it's a distortion of character. That's what it comes down to. If you think about yeah. God as someone who's waiting to catch you or waiting for you to screw up and then just come down on you. Or the thing that jumps to my mind is when I think about the way that this meme paints God is, you know, it's kind of like someone who's fabricating a crisis so that he can jump in and be the savior. Like, oh, I have a savior complex and I need to make a crisis so that I can save you from it. 
Um, you might there was a story that was in the news not that long ago of basically a nurse who would do this like this thing for patients. He would induce medical emergencies so he could rush in to save the day. Ah, uh, okay. And and I think some people kind of start to equate God to this, like, oh, God's making me like love him because he's going to punish me if I don't. Like he's fabricating this crisis. Mm -hmm. And kind of what we're saying is, I think that just comes from people not really understanding what do we mean by God is justice and what do we mean by the punishment that God's going to give us? You know, where is it coming from? Why is it coming? That creates a good jumping off point for me to talk about, you know, what do we what do we actually mean when we talk about God's justice? Where does it come from? Is it really just a, a, some system that God's trying to enforce? Or is it something more than that? That really helps me kind of frame the conversation for a lot of this too, is why is it? What's the reason for it? And how does it work with God's character? And why is it not a contradiction? And more of one simply leads to the other. Like they both coexist because they have to coexist, not because they contradict each other. There was there was a really good quote that I saw. Maybe it was a, maybe not so much a quote, but a snippet uh, describing this. And I liked it because it just said, justice flows from God's holiness. And I really like the I like way that that, that gets represented mm. uh, because it, it a corrects this idea that God's just some judge and like there's, this, oh, there's a system in place and I'm just the guy enforcing it. It's like, well, no, no, God is holy. And it's just, it, it's because God is so holy, because God is so big and holy and just in this kind of almost frightfully holy that this justice for violating that holiness, for like sinning against it. That's where the justice comes from. And so we have to wrap our head around God's holiness to begin with, just to understand the, the magnitude of that justice and the judgment that needs to come. I really like that quote. That's really good. And I think that just points to how important it is to have an accurate, an accurate perception of who God is and his character and why all this kind of discussion is so important. Because if we have a distortion of God's character, then that's how you end up in this place, right? And yeah. I guess another way to look at that might be to, you know, imagine one of the situations where you have to have a conversation with a friend or a family member. I think this is true for most people. It's definitely true for me that you kind of rehearse that conversation in your head over and over when you've got to approach them about something um, difficult, or maybe even not like a thing about drama, but you have to know you have to approach somebody and you know you have to bring up a conversation and you're trying to imagine how it's going to go ahead of time. And you think like through a million different scenarios of how they're going to react what they're going to say and what you're going to say in turn. And, and then when it actually happens, like how often did the actual conversation go? Like you imagine one of the scenarios, the other party yeah. probably responded or acted completely differently. And it turned out in a way you didn't imagine. And I kind of imagined, you know, as we work through the characteristics of God and understanding who he really is, that we can kind of get into that too. And so we picture God in a certain way in our minds and imagine him waiting for you to screw up or watching out for you and then just justice is going to come down on you as we tend to perceive it when that's really not the case at all and when it actually happens we find it's totally different and not at all how we expected that quote was so good about pointing out how we really should be perceiving god's character and attribute in this case so i'm going to remember that one i'm going to steal that that was great <laughs> awesome yeah and I, and I like i like the idea of saying this whole like you know once you start getting into something, suddenly there might be some curveballs you didn't expect. And I think that's also point of this podcast, right, is to say, you know, we need to be exploring these thoughts, exploring these doubts, because you will learn things you did not expect, even just as we prepare for these podcasts. Mm. Uh, it always teaches me new things. Absolutely. It's always a blessing. I do want to go back and say, you know, as we can talk about God's holiness and judgment, if you read the Bible, the whole fact of God's holiness shouldn't come as a surprise. Now, you might have seen some things and then like, that's a bit intense, right? Like when uh, in the Old Testament, when there's the Ark of the Covenant and someone touches it when they're not supposed to and God just smites them dead. 
that's like, well, that's pretty severe, God. Like, what what are you doing? And if you just kind of view it as like, oh, someone made some kind of minor infraction and God had to punish it severely, yeah, you might be inclined to look at it that way. But when you look at it as, no, like the Ark of the Covenant is this very holy artifact, you know, and it's kind of this representation of God's holiness. Again, sinning against God's holiness is a big deal. Like we want a God who is very holy and that's just who God is. And we see this in the Old Testament numbers numerous times, right? Where God God takes his holiness very seriously because that's kind of what holiness is in a degree, right? Right. This extreme pushback and justice against it, it makes God, you know, it just illustrates throughout the Old Testament. God takes his holiness seriously. So we shouldn't be surprised justice flows out of holiness. And then if anything, it creates this kind of awe and this, again, this almost fear. So when people talk about the fear of God, it's like, yeah, God is so holy. It creates this fear of like, you know, when we violate God, we should be fearful. And we'll talk about mercy in a second and why we have stuff to be hopeful for. Where the justice comes from and what it represents. It's not like it's just something we're talking about. Like you can see it in the Bible illustrated in multiple uh, scenarios. Right. And it really does seem terrifying. And like you said, because it, at some level it needs to be but that's really to our benefit. We want a God who protects his holiness and protects his set-apartness so that his justice is true and good because otherwise, I can't really fathom what the otherwise would be, but <laughs> it's, it's so good for us that he takes it so seriously, even if initially it seems like such an extreme result of what seems like you said a minor infraction to us. I know I bring this book up before in the podcast, but if people have trouble wrapping their head around, like, I don't know, this is really like, do we deserve this kind of punishment? Because I think that's a common hang up that Christians have. And we won't get into the full ramifications of like, you know, talking about hell. Is that a just punishment? And because I think there's a ton of topics that can spin off of that as well. But just to say that whenever we're talking about these kind of conversations, it's really important for us to focus first on God, like really reflect on who God is. And there's a book called um, Not God Enough. I think there's a really good job of really lifting that up and hoping like put that into focus because I think a lot of our arc sometimes when we when we start to look at God like oh, I don't think that's fair God it's usually because we're trying to bring God down to our level and we're trying to be like like God come on like you can't do that to me like I didn't I wasn't that bad and of course we're always going to be that way towards ourselves <laughs> for all these matters I think it's helpful to look upwards and really kind of define God first and really look at this as defining what does justice and judgment mean relative to God. Mm -hmm. The other thing I'll bring up is, you know, when we talk about people kind of feeling uneasy or, you know, kind of concerned about God's judgment, the good, the good news, right, is like, it's not all just, you know, watch out or God's going to zap you, right? You know, we see in the Bible that judges must uphold the law. They acquit the innocent, you know, convict the wicked. They expose corruption. Like this is all in Second Chronicles. And because these are judges that are supposed to be like God's representative in the, in the world. So these are things that God wants to have done, like, right? He wants to uphold the law. He wants to get acquit the innocent, right? Convict the wicked, expose corruption. Like, these are all things that we should be celebrating. So I don't think we need to be necessarily fearful in the sense that, man, God is like this evil, mean tyrant who's just going to blast us for no good reason. Like, what God wants is honestly, like, what is good and what is wholesome. When we think about justice and judgment, God is dealing with, He's dealing with the evil of the world. Like I think about like Revelation, you know, and this is where God is taking all that judgment. Again, it could make us uneasy, but it should also make us excited that we're going to get this future resolution that God promises to us in a satisfaction of his justice in the future where we have the law upheld, innocence acquitted, wicked convicted, corruption exposed and corrected. 
you know, would you say with that perspective that you're saying to like, try not to focus as much on the justice and instead look forward to the future, to the hope? Exactly. I think, I think there's so much to be hopeful for. And it's always this kind of, again, this is kind of like we have to have a split brain in a sense, right? Where we need to maintain that healthy fear of God. And again, I think the idea of it flowing from his holiness is a great thing, right? Focus on his holiness and then focus on the, and then the, the justice that comes out of that. Because I think, again, that focuses on the positive aspect of God that's really driving the justice. And we have to have that on one side of our head. And then the other side, though, yes, let's focus on the mercy. Let's focus on the the, the hope that Christ offers us mm-hmm. and the hope that it really is spelled out for us throughout the Bible. And that's a really good point to mention, too, that, I mean, you pretty much just went right over it, is that the kind of like dichotomy that people tend to pick at that's like, oh, see, God's character is inconsistent because um, you brought up an example of, you know, touching the ark and God biting someone right then and there. And then other, you know, examples like in Chronicles, the judges, um, how intense some of those judgments were. And then um, you got into a little bit later on, you know, Revelation, New Testament, what I think a lot of people do, or at least a question that I've actually heard more than once is that why is the Old Testament God so wrathful and New Testament God not? And that seems mm-hmm. like in talking about God's character, justice and mercy, that's a one that comes up really quickly. It's like, oh, we just, or I'm not sure how I'm trying to express this exactly, but a real churchy answer to that sometimes is, it's not that God so much change, it's just you, we just focus on the New Testament God because we want to talk about the love and the mercy and leave a, the difficult question of like, why was God back here like burning whole towns up with meteors and that's just gone yeah. now? Like, did he just have a change of heart at some point? And now he's like, all right, sorry, I was a little rough in my youth. I'm going to chill out a little <laughs> bit and take it easier on you now. No, for sure. That is definitely a, a conundrum that people often face of like, man, like just from a tone standpoint. And, and I think there's a, a number of important things to keep in mind as we always try to compare Old and New Testament, right? Because there's different audiences, different authors. It's not to say that, you know, God, again, God is any less about a God of justice now than he was. Because that's the great thing about God is that he He just is all of these things. And right. yeah. it, it's not that it changed over time. So I think what tends to change is the authors and the perspectives and what, what's being focused on. And, you know, the big event that happens in between them, you know, Jesus' yeah. sacrifice <laughs> that kind of pays for certain things. And so. Exactly. And just really paves the way for this whole conversation about mercy. I, I do want to throw one last just comment before it, because I feel like I, I want now I want to move on to talk about mercy some, because I think we're getting, we're setting this up really nicely. I do just want to touch on these, though, because I'm sure there might be some listeners who are really curious about, like, you know, well, how can God be a God of justice if there's all this like injustice in the world? Mm. And, you know, what about like evil? And like, how does God letting that exist? Like, how can like he made it right? Like he made everything. He had to made evil. I don't want to discredit and make it sound like all of our, all our questions have been answered already. <laughs> yeah, those are entirely different topics. The, the the thing that I always like to think of, you know, when we think about things like, I think like Stephen Fry had like a really popular quote that I see float around the internet a lot about. It's like, if you meet God, what are you going to say? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to tell God, how dare you? Like, how dare you do these things to us? It comes again from this very like us-centered worldview of justice should be about how we're being treated. And it kind of, again, discredits the whole fact that, well, no, there's, there is an almighty, all holy God. <laughs> Um, and that's the, that's the focus and that's the focus of today. I think we should, and will talk about these other topics, but I just want to throw that little comment there that I think there's, there's a lot of space there, but in the short term, focus on God, because that's really where, where I think our focus should be at. 
Yep, absolutely. I completely agree. And like, yeah, it's a really good jumping off point um, from there and a topic we definitely should and will cover in the future, but it does get a little bit off into the weeds. Um, but there is a good point in there too, when it's talking about judging and justice is that the authority that God has is just different than what we have here. And just like everything else we try to approach from an interpretation standpoint is we let our own culture and perspective kind of like cloud things and make it a lot more difficult. Because we tend to think of judgment and and this kind of court idea or setting as like, <laughs> you know, like in the US when you have the kind of penalization system, it's very like punitive based. It's meant to yeah. have consequences to behavior. You don't, don't do this, there's gonna be this huge great cost. And it works well kind of um, for our human nature where we wanna see like vengeance or a person kind of get their due course. Um, I don't disagree for the need for consequence, but I think it's a, it clouds us a little bit because we just tend to, you know, put those cultural lenses on and just warps the whole idea of what justice really is meant to be and how God is using that. If we say justice flows from holiness, it's not necessarily that we're talking about a need for justice. We're talking about a need for holiness. And what that holiness needs then is justice against anything that goes against it. What we all need really is that holiness that justice flows from. And just like justice flows from holiness, we have the other side of the coin. We have mercy that kind of flows out of God's love. Maybe maybe the same phrasing doesn't work. Like we definitely need mercy. We also need God's love. So, so, so I can't do a nice little uh, side by side. I do want to just point out though, like, you know, we have this, yeah, this holiness that gives us the need for justice. And then, but because God loves us so much, we have access to this mercy that he pours out to us exactly and that's mercy that love really helps kind of add the right adjective to our justice right it's meant to be a restorative or rehabilitative kind of justice that not only flows out from his mercy but leads to his mercy too brings us in that direction it's not meant to push us away which tends to be you know that knee-jerk reaction that oh punishment i don't want that go the other way avoid that that's not yeah. what he's trying to do at all and I think with all these things, we, we will we grow appreciation the more we reflect on it and the more we dive into it. So doing 15 minutes per at, per, per uh, attribute of God, God is not doing any justice, but it's at least an effort towards that end. Let's talk about mercy, though, then to that same end. You know, again, we're not going to necessarily be able to put a full capture of this uh, in our minds in 15 minutes. Uh, but let's let's talk about what we can and what and ultimately like this mercy, like this is the good news, right? This is the good stuff. Uh, you know, we like to oftentimes just focus only on mercy and love. Like you mentioned that earlier, right? We sometimes when we talk about the New Testament, we talk about, oh, love and mercy and like, oh, let's only focus on this, right? Mm -hmm. But it's really important to understand that this mercy and love is here because, right, there is a need for it. <laughs> but the good news is God didn't leave us, just leave us hanging. Luckily, we serve a God that is full of love and that wants a connection with us and has done great things to to give us that mercy. That's a great point to start off on going into mercy is that, withholding justice isn't a mercy mercy is literally a judgment I was trying to think of decent examples of this and i'll let you know when i do but um <laughs> i think a more common one that i've heard and don't and actually quite like is thinking about what happens to children who are never punished into the whole idea of like oh you know if they do this thing and uh, you know it's your duty as a parent to raise children punish them as necessary and that what we want to do is not to you know give them penalty in the sense that you know you've instilled fear you know you 
it's in Percy. Like you want them to grow up well. You want them to be a part of society and have friends and family and love them. It's an act of love. It's it's an act of mercy. That's the whole point. Yeah. That's why it leads into this, right? You know, I, I always like to think, and I think you kind of touched on it, right? It's, it's not that God like alternates between these different modes. Like he's not like I'm in justice mode. Now I'm in mercy mode. No, God is God is both of these things at all times. You know, so God is justice. But because God also loves us, God is also mercy. And what does that mean? Well, that means that God ultimately wants the best for us. And and we see that really physically in the world through Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that was made for us. Right. And thankfully for us, that's also the whole reason kind of why we get like Old Testament angry God and New Testament loving God. It's, it's not that anything's changed except that what wasn't paid for has been paid for. And so now, even though there sure is justice component, but we're leaving that behind and focusing on the mercy. The mercy was the death of Christ at the cross, that penal substitution that paid for what we were supposed to pay for. And now the, the door for mercy is endless and huge and open. And for anyone willing to, you know, step forward and accept that. Exactly. Like this, this is, this is the core of Christianity, right? Like, you know, this is this is kind of the the heart of our truth claims, right? Without without this claim, I think even Paul says, right, like our faith would be for nothing if this wasn't true. But, you know, at our at at the core of our faith is this act of mercy for us through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I think even the Bible says, you know, this is this is to our eternal benefit. Mercy triumphs over justice or over judgment, and I think that's James. Right, James says I that. might be wrong. That mercy triumphs. And I want to talk about that verse just a little bit. Because I think, too, it's like, wait, so is God triumphing over himself? <laughs> um, and I think, no, it's not that. But it, it is to say that, you know, again, we had judgment against us. But then again, God's love comes and mercy then holds back that punishment that we deserve. Yeah. And it's not just um, the New Testament. You see that either. There's a really good example in Exodus 34, where it's just happened where God's presence comes down the mountain, there's a big cloud, and Moses is up there talking to him, and then the whole time, Israel's down at the bottom of the mountain going, how do we worship this God that's come to us and help us? Like, oh, I have a great idea. Let's build a calf and do terrible things with that. <laughs> yeah, because that seems like a great idea. And so they're doing that, and then, you know, God doesn't like that. It's basically where he says that I'm going to keep my steadfast love for the thousands, you know, and forgiving their transgressions and their sins, but not clearing the guilty. And I'm going to punish, you know, the the current generation. It's an Old Testament. And I think it's verse seven, where basically saying like, I'm going to keep my forgiveness and mercy forever, forever and ever and ever. And I'm going to punish a very select few. And just like you said with James, right? Mercy triumphs even over the judgment. And so I'm not saying that it's like a scale and hey, mercy is a lot heavier than you yeah. know, justice kind of forgives, but it's it's kind of true. It is just yeah. the way that God tends. In, ter in terms of our interaction with God, you know, the mercy is what we're really seeing and appreciating. And that's when we say it triumphs. That's where we're saying, yes, yeah, like the mercy is what is what we ultimately experience, not the, ju yes, the judgment. Yes, right. I do have a, I'll throw this at you because I am curious just to understand what your take is on this. Because I think some people would also ask this question a lot, right? If God is mercy, God's infinitely merciful, why can't he just forgive all of our sins? Like, why Why does God even have to, why does Christ even have to die on the cross? Like, why can't he just forgive people? Like, if he loves us so much, like, why even create this whole thing in the first place? 
why does Christ have to die on the cross? Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, I guess that really it almost brings in another topic entirely, right? Is um, the whole clash of where where does our will begin and where does God's power start? And there's kind of a, I guess, a way to look at it. God honoring the dignity of human decision as a way of giving us up to our own desires. Mm-hmm. I think even if a um, person who's not of a faith background would generally agree that humans tend to be more on the depravity side. We tend to always pick what's bad for <laughs> us or bad for other people. And God honors that decision. And But the entire time there is this huge mercy that for even all that we choose to do, expose ourselves to and to expose others to and hurt others with, that we have the option at any time to have that forgiven. And we can go off a ton of different directions. Like, is that okay for someone to be this terrible and the last second get the fire insurance and get out from payment? <laughs> and it's a whole free will issue and stuff. But without getting into all of that, I would say that that's really, yeah, God's way of honoring the dignity of human decision. I like that you bring up, you know, this, like the fact that, you know, the depravity of, of human choices, because because it's also like, if, if God really had no mercy, right? Like it'd be one one strike and you're out, right? Oh like, yeah. The fact, the fact that he is long suffering, the fact that he's willing to bear with us on our multiple offenses uh, is like also just a sign of his mercy. And, and while some people might argue like, come on, like give me some more mercy though. Like just forgive everything. Like can't everyone just go to heaven? Why not? Um, I think I would point people also back towards our first conversation, which is God's holiness, mm-hmm. you know, which is he he can't just allow all this sin in his presence. Like there needs to be justice to correct it. So while God is mercy, again, God's both. He's mercy and justice. Truly, we just see this beautifully handled and resolved through the death of Christ. Yeah. And I want to point out because, I mean, you hit that. I really just want to emphasize that, that that is mercy in action. Like if you, if you see a person causing harm to themselves you wouldn't just stand by and let them to it, right? I mean, hopefully you would intervene or you do whatever you could to to stop like a situation of self-mutilation or, or self-loathing or someone banging their head into the wall, right? And the more like irrational or self-destructive the behavior gets, the higher our moral obligation kind of is to intervene or even if necessary to restrain it, right? And mm-hmm. honestly, what could be what could be more irrational or more self-destructive than a willful desire to cut oneself off from like the source of all love and joy and goodness and life? I think too, some people trivialize this too, right? Where they're like, well, he's God, like what, what's, what's the big deal? He just snaps his finger, he's back to life, like big whoop. Mm. Probably harp on this way too much, but here I go again. <laughs> the, the idea is that, you know, again, we have this really infinitely holy God and this God who is, again, like beyond space, beyond time. And while for us, we have these moments of time where like we do something and it goes, now it's behind us because we're just here flowing through time. Like for God, that's that's forever part of God now, what happened. And again, maybe I'm being a little abstract here as I try to describe that, right? With the, and, and again, even arguably just it's beyond my comprehension as a, as a mere mortal. If I kind of think about this God who is beyond time, it makes sense to me that you know, this act that happened in the past, that's forever a part of him now. The fact that our all holy God has incorporated that into himself, like that's huge, that's massive. Yes, like, uh, I mean, that's the whole point of why we started the podcast in the first place, right? Is to bring attention to that and explore that and to help that be a, a second nature understanding that just leads to to such hope and forgiveness. 
and a focus on the mercy in the future. All points you've already brought up really well. And I mean, without that, it's uh, it's pretty bleak. Mm-hmm. And I th- and I think that's like the last that's the last kind of a uh, dichotomy to kind of talk about is you know we talk about God being mercy, but that doesn't mean that He will keep like that'll keep Him from severity. You know, mm-hmm. like we need to kind of keep in mind that like, even though like again we're singing these praises about a God who loves us so much and has done so much to give mercy to us, but at the same time, it's like is this God that you're worshiping still one who's going to smash rebellion against him who could like at any moment just decimate everybody, billions of people for refusing him and insulting him. Oh, for sure. You know, it's when we talk about people who fear God, you know, this is, this is kind of what we're talking about where it's like, God is still fully justice and it would be just for him to give us all the punishment we deserve. And thank again, thank God for the holy, for the mercy that has saved us from that. I think I have one quote here from nancy guthrie which was just to say as believers we have comfort from god's promise that we are protected from god's judgment Mm -hmm. Uh, when we talk about mercy it's not to lessen god's justice that justice is still severe it is still there because it is protecting his holiness but we as christians have this mercy that we have that promise we have that protection from that judgment and that's the good news that we put out there and we tell everybody about because it's something that we should all be celebrating in. And his mercy goes both ways too. It's not that, you know, those who don't come to believe or accept that are then punished. They're just, they're given over to their own desires. And part of God's mercy is uh, is keeping us from that as well. And, but that's a whole other description, you know, with like, you know, what is hell and being set apart and everything. It's not what I'm getting into. You know, if you refuse to be healed, if you refuse the difficult process of removing the evil, that's allowed. And what won't be allowed is for that sin to ruin the rest of his creation. And mm-hmm. that is his mercy in action as well. And that's a that's a great reason to read C.S. Lewis, because that was pretty much just all from him. That's a really good point. And, and I think yeah, there's there's a number of different talking points you could easily jump into between like Calvinists and Arminius about free will and, oh, yeah. and its agency and, and, <laughs> and yada, yada, yada. So like tons of extra good jumping off spots for other topics. I always like to kind of just go down to a very base level of I have at least perceived free will uh, and that free will takes me to a number of different places. And again, God's mercy is giving me that ability to make choices, not just instantly destroying me the second I made one bad choice. Exactly. Um, but God's mercy is also what's there to bring me home. And I'd say for those that are still um, struggling a bit with that, especially in relation to like why God punishes some and not others, and then how the mercy steps into that and seeing the ways that that's distinctively broken down and put apart. I'd recommend you check out a book called um, Skeletons in God's Closet um, by Josh Butler, who does a great job about talking about God's compassionate and reasonable response to the containment of human rebellion and our nature and why the whole reason for justice and mercy is there. It does a really good job of that. Like there's an element of also God's like, you know, we're trying, we're growing, like we're learning. Um, so, t- so trying to assume that the the nature of this world is for us never to have any suffering, to never have any issues. You know, I think that's very presumptuous of us. So there's a lot of things that we might view. And I think it was, I think it was like David Attenborough who was like mentioning some kind of parasite that inflicted this oh, yeah. kid's eye in Africa. Right. Uh, and it's like, where's the justice there? Where's the mercy there? Um, and the whole point is like, again, it's easy for us to maybe dive into these very human centric, like get defensive and say, you know, how can you point or wag our finger at God saying, how dare you? You know, and again, but it's not—it's not about us having a life that's free of 
pain and free of adversity. Again, we can, this becomes a whole other topic to talk about, but what is God's purpose for us in this world? <laughs> you know, um, And so I think there's a lot of other topics to jump into. And that's why for these, this session, we've been so focused on like from a God, like look at God and what is mercy relative to God and what is justice relative to God. And we talk about these things flowing from his holiness and his love and these like really what he's all about. I think that'll set the stage to have more fruitful discussions about all of these more earth human centric kind of questions that still should be discussed because I think there's still lots of good information there, still lots of good thoughts to process in that arena. But I think we have to establish first the God that we're talking about before we can dive into those weeds. We really should. And it might be a good time to point out that we bring up probably 10 different times throughout the course of this conversation. Like this is another topic and we should explore that because it's also important and we intend to do that. Maybe there's particular ones that you want talked about or that you want approached. Like let us know. We would love to go a particular direction that makes the most sense for where people are at right now, but not to bunny trail off there too much. Um, I think that you made a great point and that's what makes Christianity so unique is that God's mercy is shown through his justice. There's not setting aside of justice to make room for mercy. The whole Christian doctrine of, you know, the penal substitution and the sin and injustice were punished at the cross of Christ. And it's only because of that, that sacrifice that God extends his mercy to the undeserving people like us. And that we can look to him for salvation. And that's the whole point. And that just puts that bow on that whole concept. Yeah. It's the good news as we call it. Mm. Great points all around. We're running a little bit over here. Uh, again, just as we're discussing these different topics, we encourage you guys to talk amongst yourselves, find other Christian friends you can talk about, or find our Facebook community group and ask them questions there. Happy to talk about things there as well. This has been, I think, a really getting really great for us to dig into the details and talk about it. Hopefully you've gotten some stuff out of it too. Nick, any closing thoughts as we put a bow on this? Yeah, tying this together and the that basically mercy is thrown through justice. That was kind of my tie off right there. And I think anything else would be a more confusing as my mind will just wander to all the topics we already mentioned. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the Misty Night podcast and we will catch you again next time. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to Misty Night. Want to join in on the conversation? Join our community on Facebook and let us know what you thought of the episode or what other questions or topics you'd like to hear us address. We want to work and grow together with you. So join us next time as we take the next steps on this journey to understanding in a world of questions. Thank you.